Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, welcome, welcome, welcome. Let's go. Halftime Thursday night football live chat. Eagles, Vikings at the half. Pat Leonard here from the New York Daily News and the Talking Ball podcast. Welcome to another live Q&A edition of Talking Ball. Talking Giants, Week 2, Arizona Cardinals. First, want to tell you about Bet Online. Give you guys a chance to roll in and drop those questions in the chat. Football is back, and Bet Online is your number one information source for all your sports wagering info with all the up to the minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL and college football at your fingertips with Bet Online's real time updates on stats, news, and odds. From week one all the way to the college football playoff and Super Bowl, Bet Online gives you access to the best football promos and contests available anywhere online. Head to your website today and use your mobile device to get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Hello, Antonio. Hello, Hunter. Welcome in, guys. Welcome back. Coming out of the Giants locker room today, Thursday. I feel like the Giants know what's at stake. I think they understand the gravity of this game. They're not going to talk about how big it is, but they understand. Um, everybody knows, including the offensive line, that the offensive line needs to get it together. I think that's the main and biggest talking point. Player health, I think, is also a huge talking point going into this game. Darren Waller, Andrew Thomas, Aziz Ojolari, Deontay Banks. These are players that are showing up on the injury report early in the season, and you don't want to see it. Let's get right to your questions. Thank you, everybody, for joining, as always. Let's get it rolling. Antonio says, do you think Wandale Robinson, Cordell Flop, and Javarius Owens play? I do not think those guys play, Antonio. Wandale Robinson looks pretty good on the field. I will say that. I do look, though, at the Giants' schedule, and I see how they have this week two game against the Arizona Cardinals, and then three days later they play the San Francisco 49ers. And then you have a long break until the Seattle Seahawks. Now, theoretically, you could bring Wandale back for the Cardinals game if you feel like he's ready. But a guy coming off an ACL – I don't think that the first game back is a game that he's then playing another one three days later. So I think it's more likely we see Juan Dale in San Francisco than in Arizona. Uh, Javarius and Flott, we will see. I mean, these these are guys who have been and remained limited, right? Last week, this week, um, you know, we will see one all and said and done on game day. Right now, it doesn't seem like they're trending to play uh, because they have not been upgraded to full, I would expect if I see one of those guys upgraded to full, I would think maybe they end up entering the lineup. But until then, I'm not totally sure. Questions are rolling in. Al says the Eagles did in the first half of this Thursday night game against the Vikings what the Giants should have done. They realized their offense wasn't working and shifted more to the run. Al, that is a great point. And, you know, listen, first of all, Brian Johnson, the Eagles offensive coordinator, clearly is feeling out uh, the process of calling plays because I think at first it was hard for him to adjust. Brian Flores, the Vikings defensive coordinator, I think is calling a really good game had came in with a good plan. You can tell his plan is we're not going to let Jalen hurts beat us. If they want to run the ball fine, but if he wants to get the edge running or if he wants to pull it out 
and throw. We're not going to let him get to those bread and butter plays, right? Even the deep shot that Devontae Smith, he underthrew. But you're absolutely right, Al. Like I asked Mike Kafka today at practice, I said, do you think in hindsight there were chances to get back to the run that you know you missed because it worked so well in that first drive against the Cowboys and you basically got away from it? You know, the score got away from you, but even when if it's 16 nothing, that doesn't mean you just got to drop back and throw and get your quarterback's head kicked in, right? So he he did not quite answer the question, but he did say we're going to look at what we did right and we did wrong in that game and probably apply it to this game. So I think if you read between the lines, what Kafka's saying is damn right, we're gonna run the ball more in Arizona. But Al, to your point, like you need to adjust on the fly. And the Eagles did that. Nick Sirianni did that. Brian Johnson did that in this game that the Eagles now lead um, against the Minnesota Vikings, even though their offense hasn't done much of anything at halftime. You're absolutely right. And it's on Brian Dable too. It's not just, it's not just Mike Kafka. Brian Dable is uh, the guy that everybody answers to on that sideline, right? And he's the offensive guru. And even though Kafka's calling the plays, listen, this is Brian Dable's offense, Brian Dable's team. It's on Dable to make those in-game adjustments, at least at halftime. But you'd hope even before then, understanding where your team's limitations are and where your strengths are as well. Doug Analytics, what's up, Doug? Says, what are your thoughts on how the upcoming Thursday night game, Giants-Niners, affects the ability of Andrew Thomas, Wandale Robinson, et cetera. If they sit versus the Cardinals, how much more is four days of rest? Well, a coach would tell you in a sarcastic tone, it's four days, right? Um, I think it's, I understand your point. I think for me, Wandale is the one where you think, okay, they're not going to make him play two games in four days, right? So uh, coming off an ACL as his first games, that just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. So I would think more likely you see him against the Niners than the Cardinals if he returns prior to week four against Seattle. As far as Andrew, here's the Andrew Thomas update. He was limited on Thursday after not practicing Wednesday, but all he did was individual. So once team period started, he did nothing. Um, the Giants are kind of, this week's practice has been like a back-to-basics training camp type individual practice. They did one-on-ones. On Wednesday, Aziz Ojolari pulled his hamstring doing them. Again, they they have not played enough real football. This Giants team this summer, in order to try to stay healthy, they've given guys off days, and in my opinion, have not played enough real football. So then you go into this mode, and you start grinding guys, and guys start getting hurt. Great. But to, to put a point on the Andrew Thomas uh, factor, Andrew only did individuals, and to me – I hear him talk. I, uh, he tells me, listen, there's pain, but it's about what I can handle. And doctors see nothing alarming, but I also have to think about the two games in four days. When he says that to me, I put it all in the blender in my head and I say, sounds like he's thinking more San Francisco than Arizona. But he is a tough guy. Andrew's a tough player. So I know that Andrew wants to play and has played through a lot before, even against Dallas after he pulled the hamstring in the first quarter, he played through it all the way until the middle of the fourth. And that was in a blowout too. So he wants to, but my, my educated guess as we sit here right now is that Andrew doesn't play against the Cardinals and that Juan Dale doesn't play either, but that both play against the Niners. That would be my educated guess. Uh, let's see. Hunter says, 
have any of the Giants players expressed expressed their displeasure of turf versus no turf? Well, they were extremely vocal last season that they wanted grass. Uh, Julian Love was leading that charge, but essentially the whole locker room uh, felt the same way. They ended up compromising with ownership, Jets, Giants, etc. They gave the players a voice, and they ended up settling on the turf you see in the stadium now that Aaron Rodgers got hurt on. I personally am not quite sure the turf had anything to do with Rodgers' injury. I mean, Leonard Floyd landed on Aaron Rodgers, and you see that uh, Achilles pop on the replay, the calf, and it all roll up. It's ugly. Um, I don't know if the turf was responsible for that, but I think the NFL Players Association certainly is going to use this because if you can't use the Aaron Rodgers injury as the way to put it over the top and get grass in all these stadiums, what can you use, right? So, um, you know, the players will continue to push for grass. And frankly, I think we're not at grass yet in MetLife Stadium. I think one day we will get to it. Um, I just don't think we're there yet, but I think, I think one day we will get to grass. I just think it's going to take some time. You see the evolution of this and how, uh, it has kind of slowly walked in that direction. And I think it eventually will get there, but I don't think it's going to be anytime soon. Um, Jay Mazzella welcome says Eagles look lucky to be up by three. I believe they are up by six. Uh, because Justin Jefferson fumbled out of the end zone and then the Eagles went down and got another field goal from Jake Elliott, a 61 yarder for you Giants fans having probably some, uh, some flashbacks, some ugly flashbacks of that 61 yarder that he hit when he was a rookie against them in that crazy game at Lincoln financial field that the Giants lost. Uh, Odell had those two touchdowns and that interesting end zone celebration. Um, but yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, Philly, their defense looks really good. Their front looks really good. Their pass protection has been eh, so-so, not real that, not really that good. Looks like Brian Flores and the Vikings have a really good plan for them. But, um, you know, you want to do like what the Jets did on Monday night is catastrophic injury, but you still win the game, right? And the Eagles not playing their best in New England win the game, not playing their best at the moment against Minnesota, winning the game at half, right? You want to get out of the ugly ones and get some results and then keep cleaning it up as you go. I mean, certainly in the first four weeks, teams are never what they're end up going to end up being come Halloween, Thanksgiving, et cetera. Uh, but, you know, I think from the Giants standpoint, it's one thing to start growing into things like the Eagles are. It's another thing to just come out and totally no show like they did against the Dallas Cowboys. So uh, really leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Okay, so Al says, is T-Mac, so that's Thomas McGahee, the uh, special teams coordinator, blackmailing John Mara? Otherwise, how has he survived three coaching regimes given how bad the Giants special teams always seem to be? Well, they were very good under Joe Judge. Uh, the special teams were good under Joe Judge. I will say that. Um, I don't think T-Mac's a bad coach. Like I think T-Mac's a good coach. I will say I don't quite understand and haven't understood for a while how they seem to not ever pick the most dynamic returner for their returns. Like, I don't, I don't understand. Like when you look at their roster, you don't all, you never find the most dynamic return man as the guy who's back there to return it. Now I know they want to catch the ball and you want guys who are reliable and have good hands. Um, but I, that's one thing I just don't always understand, but you know, I don't have a problem with T-Max coaching. I have a problem with him 
saying that he's not going to talk about the block field goal that changed the entire damn game in week one against the Dallas Cowboys, like stonewalling us. And listen, this is all coming from Brian Dable. Doesn't want people to talk about last week, talk about next week. Let's move on. Look at the future. Uh, you know, he runs a tight ship. Uh, I'm sure these guys are walking on eggshells a little bit. Don't want to say the wrong thing, but you know, the players are accountable in the locker room. The coaches need to be accountable too. And you don't got to throw Josh Azudu under the bus to tell us that something went wrong on the right side or to tell us what techniques need to improve or uh, maybe your communication needs to improve or even put it on your shoulders and say, I didn't do this or I didn't do that, whatever. But to say you're not going to talk about it because it happened in the past, like that's passing the buck and we don't do that, right? That's not that's not the way you act. Like Brian Dable staring at T-Mac on the sideline in the preseason, um, that was a bad look. It looked like the head coach looking at an assistant like this is on you, not me. And then when the assistant says, I'm not talking about it, it's like, well, this is on the players and not me. Like, that, you know, enough of this. Be accountable and fix it. That's it. Uh, Michael Tiso, what's up? Michael says, do you view the Giants still as a potential playoff team after watching the Cowboys game? No, I don't. Um, I did not view them as, as a playoff team going into the season. I was telling everyone who wanted to listen that the offensive line and the secondary, I thought were going to be major concerns. You saw in that Cowboys game how bad of a concern this offensive line is. And let me just explain something to you guys. As much as the Cardinals are a bad team and the Giants are favored by five and a half, <coughs> excuse me, in this game, there's a chance that their starting five offensive line looks like, you know, Josh Azudu left tackle, uh, Ben Bredesen left guard, John Michael Schmidt center, Marcus McKeithen right guard, Evan Neal right tackle. Or it could look like Matt Pert left tackle, Ben Bredesen left guard, John Michael Schmidt center, Josh Azudu right guard, Evan Neal right tackle. Whatever it looks like, if Andrew Thomas does not play, there is no guarantee that the Giants will be able to field a capable offensive line. <coughs> Excuse me. Scratchy throat doing all this talking lately. That they will be able to field a, com a competent offensive line um, against the Cardinals defensive front that, frankly, I talked to some people in Washington. The commanders were slightly surprised by how uh, competitive the Cardinals D line was, you know, watching tape and doing scouting of them, not like an impressive unit, you know, maybe, maybe frankly, one of the least imposing in the NFL, but you know, six sacks of Sam Howe and yeah, he walked into some, but this is not a team that's going to be a pushover, even though the giants should be better and should beat them. Frankly, I think Dexter Lawrence is going to take over this game, and I think the Giants' defense is going to take over this game, and I think Saquon Barkley is going to carry the ball a lot, and it's going to be a run-heavy game where the Giants try not to make mistakes. But their special teams, of course, has to show up. Their defense has to show up for the full four quarters, and the offense needs to be able to block, whether it's running or throwing the ball. They need to be able to protect the running back to open holes, to protect the quarterback, to protect Daniel Jones, to, to take some pressure off the run game by making some throws. And frankly, I don't have confidence until they show me they can do it, that they'll be able to do it with Thomas out. I just don't. All right, let's go to the next question. 
Doug says position coach interviews are tomorrow, right? Any in particular you're looking forward to besides Bobby Johnson? Um, you know, Jeff Nixon's always one I'm interested in the running backs coach coaching Saquon Barkley used to coach Christian McCaffrey. Um, you know, I think anything that has to do with how Saquon's being used and, uh, especially approaching a game where I think he's going to be used a lot interests me. I think Bobby Johnson though, is clearly the one that everybody has to be waiting on and focused on the one that I always, uh, one guy I always love to talk about or talk to too, is Drew Wilkins who coaches the outside linebackers. He's essentially Wink Martindale's right-hand man. You know, he and Jerome Henderson, the secondary coach, uh, defensive backs coach, but Kayvon Thibodeau needs to show a lot more than he did in week one. That's for sure. Like I thought Dexter Lawrence played well and won his matchup, even though um, the team got blown out, but I didn't, I didn't see Kayvon show up much at all. So I would like to talk to Drew about that. And then um, Andy Bischoff, the tight ends coach, you know, Darren Waller's injury. And, you know, of, of course, Waller told us he's going to play. He said, it's not severe. It's something he just has to manage this nerve issue that essentially he said the scar tissue from last year's injury is kind of pushes on the nerve sometimes in his right leg. And he has to essentially keep him stretched out and stay loose. Um, you know, Bischoff is usually really, uh, honest about the process of how Waller's working how they're getting him game ready and all those things. And of course, that's a major story with the giants right now. And one of their bigger national stories right now is just Ken Waller get through it and kind of deliver on the expectations here and help Daniel Jones get to the next step. So those are guys I'm looking forward to talking to. Uh, Jerome Henderson's always good on the secondary as well. Do you think the Giants are any closer to adding a lineman or are they going to try to figure it out in-house, says Hunter Keller? Uh, Hunter, I think I think this coming week or after the Niners game probably, you know, because they're out in Arizona. And remember, Justin Pugh lives in Arizona, so remember that. But they're out in Arizona and then they have the San Francisco 49ers. Um, I think if this Arizona game goes horrendously, um, it's possible Justin Pugh could be waking up um, in his Arizona bed and, uh, rolling, rolling out of bed, walking outside, grabbing a cup of coffee and working out for the giants in the desert. <laughs> um, you know, I think that a disaster here, like if McKeithen and Azudu and these guys are playing and everything goes to total shambles, I could see a situation where the giants kind of recognize like, listen, maybe the season's over at this point already, but we, we have to field something more competitive. We just paid Daniel Jones $40 million a year. Um, I will say this, <coughs> excuse me, Lael Collins, the veteran who the Bengals cut um, off the pup list. Uh, I heard that he's not going to be healthy for a little bit. So I'm not exactly, I see people talking about, he's going to have a huge market and all this stuff, but um, I don't think he's going to be healthy for a while. So listen, I'm not saying he can't help you, but, um, if he can help a team, I think it's going to be a little bit down the road. So I'm not quite sure that's the answer. Um, Al says Dable seemed alarmingly calm on the sideline during the Dallas game and in the presser after the game. Is it fair to assume behind the scenes that he ripped into the players? Frankly, I think that someone either talked to him or whether it was, um, you know, someone close to him or someone in the organization or he took a look at himself because when he got uh, kind of put under the microscope for getting into Thomas McGahee on the sideline and frankly, just losing his head and losing his cool all the time in practice. Like I, I think he has 
um, at least in the public eye, reevaluated how he's going to look and and portray himself. Because for all of the talk of like Joe Judge being a hard ass when he was here, he what he didn't do that stuff um, on game days on the sideline. He was not a maniac over there. Um, so I think Dable is trying to project a calmer um, demeanor and trying to bring uh, a steadier hand to a situation that needs it because let's just be honest. I mean, the plan that he and Joe Shane put together going into the first week uh, did not have their team ready to play a football game. Just didn't. I mean, it wasn't just about ready to win. It was about ready to play a football game. They were not ready. So, uh, you know, I think Dable recognizes the pressure in the situation and I think he's adjusting his behavior accordingly. Uh, let's see. Oh, your question though, was, was it fair to assume behind the scenes he ripped into the players? You know what, Al? I'm, <clears throat> I don't think he did because I think he has run the kind of program where now listen, he's hard on guys, but it's a little more buddy, buddy um, than the last regime. And that can go well when you win, but when you lose, things can really slip hard. And so if you start getting into guys all of a sudden when things are going badly and you start changing up kind of the way you deal with them, they will recognize that you're not being genuine and they will react accordingly. So I think Dable recognizes that consistency. Now he does criticize guys. It's not that he's not getting into people or not, um, you know, being stern about corrections, but I think it's clear that he recognizes like, well, I can't just flip the switch after a, a horrendous loss like that as bad as it was. But if you coach a certain way, then you can get into people and they won't think that you're being disingenuous. Jay Mazella says next week will be a run heavy game. If you can't pass protect. Yes. I think 25 plus carries for Saquon Barkley against the Arizona Cardinals. You heard it here first. Uh, Doug says, is Ben Burris available to interview? I'm not sure of his role with the defense. Ben Burris. Uh, let's see. Let's go to the New York Giants coaching staff list. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for coming, by the way. If you are here listening to our podcast, uh, please subscribe to the YouTube page at PL on NFL. If you are here on YouTube, remember, we have podcasts, special guests every week. We talked to Gary Myers this week about his new book, Once a Giant. I actually just saw Gary and Phil Sims at uh, Bookends in Ridgewood. It's a great event. Oh, so Ben Burris, yeah. I was I was wondering why you were asking me about him like he was a position coach. No, he's he's a defensive assistant. Um, so Ben is a defensive assistant, so he's helping out on D, but he's not a position coach, so he's not available to us. That's why I was confused there for a second, thinking, wait a minute, he's, is he available every week? And I uh, didn't recognize it. No, they make like the primary coaches, uh, position coaches available to us. Um, Hunter says, is Gano all set to play? Or is there a chance we had a kicker for the week with the ankle injury? Gano is good to go. Graham Gano is good to go. Does Aziz play this week, says Antonio. I do not think he will. Uh, did individuals today on Thursday, was limited. You know, did the hamstring on Wednesday. I don't think he'll play against the Cardinals, um, hopefully against the Niners, but we all know he has a history. I uh, hate to see that. Doug says, you mentioned they went back to practicing basics. Are you expecting a more simplified offense on Sunday? 
running the ball, running the ball, running the ball. Yes, I am. Antonio says at this point, is it when Golinski gets benched and not if? Yeah, I don't think he's going to start in this game. I could be wrong about that. <clears throat> but listening to him talk, listening to Golinski actually talk about how it essentially he was saying it, you read between the lines that it would have been nice to play more with the starters and not just rotate all the time in camp. Maybe have some better chemistry coming into the season. I thought that was interesting. Uh, but yes, I do think he's going to be benched in this game. As I said, uh, Marcus McKeithen would be an option there. Josh Azuda would be an option there. Um, you know, so those are some names to watch, but also that scares the heck out of me. And remember this, as bad as Golinski was in week one, he beat these guys out for that job. Remember that. Uh, Al says, why is Dable trying to change his image, though? He won coach of the year, had a playoff win, and New York loves him. Why fix it if it ain't broke? <clears throat> I don't, I mean, I don't think he's, I don't think he's changing his image. I think, uh, well, first of all, <clears throat> I think, like I said, I think he runs, it's a more buddy-buddy uh, kind of, relationship with the players even though he does do corrections like it's a it's a friend it's a more buddy buddy like friends with the players type thing who also coaches from my vantage point it always has been and I think he yells selectively like last year you know Saquon Barkley steps out of bounds when he shouldn't in Jacksonville and Dable doesn't get into him and then Daniel Jones kind of calls his own audible at the goal line and instead of yelling at Jones because he yelled at Jones in Tennessee and then stopped doing that. So now he's yelling at his quarterback's coach. Um, and then, you know, you see him yelling and chewing out a backup offensive lineman in Jack Anderson one game, but not necessarily a star player in Saquon and another. So, uh, you know, I think that I don't know if he's changing things as much as probably going hard on the side of, well, the worst thing to do right now would be to rip into guys when I'm not doing that regularly and then they'll look at me and say, wait, now, now that all the shit's hitting the fan and, you know, the, the walls are caving in and we're getting blown out and there's someone to blame. Now you're yelling at me. Like you can't change up then. You know what I mean? So that's what I think, I think, um, and frankly, there's a ton of pressure on Dable. If they lose this game against the Cardinals, not only is this season over because of what it indicates, what's going to happen in some of these other games. I mean, they're going to start 0 three if they lose the game. It's just without a doubt, they're not going to beat the San Francisco 49ers. So that would be an 0-3 start, and then they have, what, Seahawks, Miami, Buffalo, et cetera. But not only that, then then Dable has to really have his locker room, right? He has to have control of everything. He has to have um, a tight grip on the team because if things really slide, then you have to have the players or then you have nothing. Um, so that's another reason why you got to handle it a certain way. Uh, Eagles are opening it up now. Defense and offense are clicking. Yeah, you know, like you guys said, adjustments earlier, adjustments earlier. Um, yeah, all right. Second half has started a Thursday Night Football. Thanks for being here. Um, if you have any other questions, dump them in now. I'll answer a couple more, and then we'll get out of here. Um, like I said, we are sponsored by Bet Online, and uh, we are also sponsored by Estate 98 Coffee. It's an Essencia de Cafe from El Salvador. It takes me three seconds to make, throw ice in a glass and a tablespoon and stir um, I make it all the time when I do talking ball, uh, keeps me energized, keeps me fresh. Um, as much as I love Dunkin' Donuts, I am not running out to Dunkin' for iced coffees anymore. I use my Estate 98, um, and I really do use it. Can't, can't tell you uh, how often I go to that. Um, let's see. Let's answer your last few questions, then we'll get out of here. Deke says, any feeling the Giants are looking to bring in offensive linemen? Glowinski can't keep playing. Sorry, they need something else there. Uh, yes, I think they do go that route if the Arizona game 
goes extremely south. We will see how Arizona goes. But yes, if Arizona goes poorly, I do think they will. And Deke, if you missed it, uh, we will publish this. You can go back and watch the live chat. But we talked a little bit about um, you know maybe some options and um, a little deeper into the offensive line. So you can go back and look. Um, let's see. Doug says, appreciate the insight. Doug, thanks as always for participating. Guys, please, please hit the like buttons up there. Uh, if you haven't already, subscribe to the page when we're done. Love it. Um, Hunter says, thanks, Pat. Are you doing the live after the cards game? Absolutely. We are doing a live chat after every game. Thanks for the reminder, Hunter. So guys, if you didn't know already, we're not only doing these live chats midweek, we're also doing live chats after each game. So from the press box in Arizona, after I come out of the locker room and file to the New York Daily News, I will jump on a live chat here on the YouTube channel with you guys to download what I've seen and heard from the stadium. Uh, what is it? State Farm Stadium now in uh, Glendale, Arizona, I think. So yes, we'll be doing that. Terry Murthiel Mer says, <coughs> excuse me, is Andrew playing? Um, I don't think so. And you can go back and listen to what we talked about earlier. Um, he did not do anything other than individuals in Thursday's practice. We will see how he ramps up on Friday. At this point, I say no. Um, Al says, how long do you think it will take the Giants to, to get to a top 15 offensive line? Uh, realistically, you can only really build, rebuild O-line through the draft, I'd say, two more years, at least two more years, especially if Evan Neal doesn't turn out. Al says, thanks, Pat, for the insights. Al, thank you for participating. Doug says, Ron on said in his last pot, he might do a stream after the game too. He's stealing your flow. <laughs> Jordan's great too, but yeah, he probably sees a good idea when, uh, he knows a good idea when he sees one, right? Uh, let's see. Good Deke, glad B writers have YouTube channels now. Getting to know the writers is big. I feel like now we know e where each writer is coming from with their articles. Yeah, no, I really like it too. I think um, sometimes people rush to judgment on why you're saying certain things or you know, if, if you're being critical often, oh, he's got an agenda or if you're praising them all the time or why is he praising them all the time when this is going wrong? So it's good to understand that um, I really am coming from it, uh, an objective eye where you're going to your sources, you're going to work every day, you're watching the team, you're talking to guys, you're getting information and you're really kind of processing everything that's in front of you. And I've said this before in one of our live chats, but I'll say it again. I saw a lot of fans upset after the first game. They felt like a lot of the people who cover the team did not paint a picture of the team that was negative or critical. They felt like, wait, we thought this team was supposed to be really good. How come we didn't hear about all these things? Trust me, you can ask Connor, you can ask Antonio, you can ask Doug, you can ask people who are loyal fans here and participators in our live chats and who read my stuff in the daily news. I was telling you, offensive line's a problem secondary is a problem. I predicted them to go seven and 10. And really I was going between six and 11 and seven and 10. Um, you know, so I was not sugarcoating this to you guys and listen, hopefully they turn it around. Like I said, I think Dexter Lawrence could be the difference and I'm going to pick him to be the player of the game in this Arizona game. But with this offensive line and with Dable not having the team ready in week one, they got to go out and prove it first. Um, Hunter says, love the insights as always good or bad for the giants. Thank you. And Thierry says, do you believe in Daniel Jones? I still do. I don't think week one was his fault, but I need to see as much more out of him as I do from the rest of the team. Thanks for joining me as always, guys. Thanks for participating. See you after the Cardinals game right here on at PL on NFL, our YouTube channel where we do the Talking Ball podcast and bring you insights from the New York Daily News.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.